From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters, Greg Johnson, atmospheric science graduate, Brady Harris, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Storm Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, Check out our website. Go to stormfrontfreaks.com. There's some cool stuff there. Number one, you can monitor the hurricanes that are making landfall on our interactive Zoom Radar Storm Chaser map. So this will have all the feeds of the storm chasers that are actively following that particular hurricane, so you can uh, actually stream their feeds, which is pretty cool. And it's an interactive radar. You can do lots of different things to see what's going on. Plus, you can check out our library of past episodes, which include uh, hurricane chasers like Jeff Piotrowski and Josh Morgerman. Obviously, it's hurricane season, which is why I'm... I'm bringing all that up, but tonight it's episode 114. Wow. And we've got the co-founder of WDT, who are the makers of Radar Scope, but now a part of DTN, and he's the Senior Vice President of Weather. Mike Iles is with us tonight. Yeah. Welcome. So excited to have Mike on board. We're obviously going to go through the lightning round game show with him, and stay tuned later on. We'll have hashtag weatherfools. And we also get a little visit from Weather Trollbot 5000. So oh, that's this tonight. Ready, Mass. Be an amazing oh, show tonight. But before we get to all of that, we got to find out uh, who do we got on the team tonight from our co-hosts. This is also a great time if you happen to be listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, turn the the speed down to half speed, and you can listen to us uh. introduce ourselves at half speed. So let's see who here who's here. It's always happy hour. <laughs> And so we're checking in with everybody to see what they're drinking. I always start up in Minnesota with MJ. What do you got? I'm here, and uh, I'm, I'm stuck on the captain uh, for the last uh, few episodes. So we oh. got some more of the captain and Coke. Draining that dry. All right, uh, Brady. Brady, what do you got? Well, you know, it's been a little cooler lately, so I've been feeling a little bit mountainous. So I went with the uh, the summer pills from the Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, it's pretty nice. good. You know, just trying to milk the last days of summer, summer. here because I'm, hmm. I'm a fan of fall or I winter. So that's fair. That's understandable. Maz, what are you drinking? My Corona. Yeah. Wait, hold that up. Transparent. Hold bottle. that. Yeah, hold, hold that, that up. Again. Yeah. Oh, I keep the beer in is there. there any in there? Did, no, is that I, just a fake bottle? It's oh, gotta there. love green screen. Green screen technology <laughs> at its finest. All right, Greg Johnson up in Canada. What are you drinking? Uh, you know, I'm drinking Canadian whiskey with of some uh, with some Coke. So whiskey and Coke yep. again. And Canadian ham. Canadian whiskey and like other whiskey. I don't know. Uh, so made in uh, Canada. Bourbon <laughs> bourbon is a little bit different. Uh, American okay. whiskey is a little bit different, and then it's it's definitely not Scotch. <laughs> okay and that's how he feels about that all right maz i'm going to turn it over to you let's get to our guest i'm excited we didn't ask what mike was drinking did we or, or you phil. or phil what's my i'm drinking no iced tea iced tea that's all long island okay i have, I have long island iced tea. there you go 
<laughs> no, and, and I usually don't cover what I drink anymore because if you listen to the show, the intro already introduces me right off the bat. So uh, everybody knows my voice, so I don't cover that anymore. But huh. if you really need to know, uh, we've taken a couple, we've taken a trip down to a Tennessee, Gatlinburg, if, uh, yeah. if you've been there. And we also went to Hocking Hills in Ohio, both very famous for their moonshine. And so I'm drinking mm. a little caramel apple cider moonshine tonight. There you go. Mm. You Watch like- out. Bill. That's dangerous. That, that stuff is yeah. dangerous. Are you like half moon in it right now? Or what? <laughs> uh, I'm getting there. Maz, go ahead. All Let's right. get rolling. All right. Hey, we're excited to have Mike Eilts tonight. Mike worked at the National Severe Storms Lab and was co-founder and former president and CEO of Weather Decision Technologies, known as WDT, until its sale to DTN in 2018. WDT's core offerings included Skywise, Weather Ops, Frontier, and the well-known Radar Scope, still supported by DTN today. Mike is now Senior Vice President of Weather at DTN and leader of the Weather Business Unit, which would be the largest privately held weather information company in the world if it were a standalone company. So welcome, Mike. And uh, how do you beat RadarScope? What, you, what do you got now? What's next? Oh, I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, thank you all for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. And congratulations. I mean, said 114 shows. That's awesome. Um, you know, RadarScope, you know, the story of RadarScope is uh, as president of WAT about 10 years ago now, uh, this team of four had built RadarScope on the side of their other job at the University of Oklahoma. And I love the app so much. I was a storm chaser. And so we bought the company, we bought the app and we hired the four people and brought them into the company. And we've done a lot of great stuff. I, I think our revenue is about six times what it is now. Now is what it was when we first acquired them. Wow. And it's just a, a great, great app. And the team is just so dedicated and, and uh, you know, we'll keep adding. We just added a whole new bunch of maps and, and next version coming out very, very soon. I think by before, before next spring, is going to be amazing. Um, some really new, cool stuff. So we just keep making it better, honestly. For and it, you know, we have we have uh, over a hundred thousand subscribers now, and over five hundred thousand downloads. So it's just a big, big app for us, and, and it's a very exciting place. It's such we're, we're so well known because of it too. You know that people, you know, attribute Radar Scope to WDT now to DTN, and that just creates a lot of value for us in the, in, in the rest of our business as we go forward. So what's next after senior vice president? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I used to be president and CEO, so I'm downgrading now. But uh, working in a much bigger, you know, we had about 100 people or so in our, in our business when we, we sold to DTN. And, and now the DTN weather unit is somewhere between 500 and 700, depending on how you count people in a kind of matrix organization. But we're, we're large. we bought the largest weather company in Europe, the largest weather company in Australia, and five weather companies in the United States. And we've combine them all together and we're integrating them all together is to be one uh, big conglomerate and uh, super excited to lead that whole integration that's going on right now. And, uh, but definitely focus on B2B. We're, we're not really a B2C business. Uh, we're a, a B2B business selling to uh, many, many big companies. You're a capitalist, Mike. You buy, you fire, you buy some more. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about firing, but uh, you know, we, <laughs> You know, I, I think, right, okay. you know, our, our, our thesis is, is that the weather industry just is, there's so many weather companies out there and they're all pretty small. And so somebody needs to come in and just consolidate it. And, uh, and so we're, we're doing that and uh, doing it very smartly and very thoughtful and, and 
uh, trying to be global at the same time and, and, and think about how to be best in technology, best to, we have 200 meter, all, 200 forecasters all over the globe that are you know, talking to our customers or we, we call them miscommunicators now because they're doing less and less of tweaking forecasts and writing things. They're doing more like talking to our customers and helping them through Hurricane Sally, for example, and, and the, you know, all the hurricanes, Hurricane Laura this year. I mean, all those things are what we, when we really provide value to our customers. When, when stuff hits the fan, that's when we really create the value. And so, yeah, having 200 people uh, with the best tools in the industry is really valuable to us. So, Mike, some, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go, I was just say, where on. are some of the guys around the world that, you're, that you've got forecasting? Um, we have a we have a team in Burnsville, Minnesota. Uh, we have a team well. in in uh, yeah. I grew up in Minnesota, by the way, uh, but live in Norman now. Um, the uh, we have a team in uh, Appenzell, Switzerland. Uh, our but our European biggest group is at Utrecht, which is just outside of Amsterdam. And then we have uh, Sydney, Australia, a, a group down there too. So that's that's the big groups. And we have some small ones in Aberdeen uh and some other places for some kind of unique small customer sets but the big the big ones are burnsville utrecht and sydney so mike when you say business to business uh, give us a case example of who's a customer what are they buying from you uh like what what's the actual information that that has value for them we we'll work across many sectors, but I, I give you an example, um, BHP, one of the largest mining and offshore, they do a whole bunch of you know, things across the whole energy industry. So we're helping them with their offshore oil, we're helping with their mines, we're helping them with uh, lots of other tra transits of information, tra transportation of things. And, and you know, what we're providing them is really site specific and customer specific information. So if they're in the, in the offshore spaces, when is a cold front coming? When is Hurricane Sally coming? What can we do about it? So it, it's not, we're getting far, far away from just providing weather forecasts. Now we're providing analytics. And I'll give you one other example of companies in the Northeast, utilities in the Northeast, for example, Eversource is one of them, but many other ones. We have a product called Storm Impact Analytics. And the concept is we're not giving our utility customers forecasts anymore. We're giving them forecasts of power outages. So we're taking all that weather information and machine learning, look at the past five years. And then from that, we're in real time, we're saying, in, two days, you're going to have 1,500 outages or 3,000 outages or whatever. And so they can start not just say, oh, here comes a bad storm. They can say, oh, we're going to have 3,000 outages. Let's get this many crews already put in those locations and those kinds of things. Mm. So we're wow. trying to take one more one more step of the value chain, if you will, to really get into the artificial intelligence and machine learning side of the business. Yeah. But what do you cool. what do you base that on? If you're like, I was thinking you'd be like, well, we got a 45 percent chance you're going to have some power outages. And you're like, no, there's going to be sixty seven hundred and thirty two people. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it, it actually is a probabilistic thing. So we'll say you have four thousand outages plus or minus eight hundred or three thousand plus or minus two hundred. And it's all based upon probabilistic forecasting that goes into the machine learning. So if you have, you know, a spread of forecasts coming from ensembles or whatever, um, we have a proprietary way to do that. And then we run machine learning on top of that. We get a number, a spread of forecasts of outages. And so we turn that into kind of a graphic for our customers to say, you know, so you have a range of 2000 to 4,000 or whatever it is. So they can make decisions. Yeah. It's really, it's pretty scary to say 3000, for example, as a number, but when you say 2000 to 4,000, they can understand the range. And sometimes it's, you know, 2700 to 3100 too depending on the spread of the of the input input model forecasts um 
it can change quite a bit. So it's a it's a very sophisticated way to get to. It's taken us the last three years, honestly, to really build a sophisticated and, and handle the different, you know, sometimes in the Northeast, hurricanes come flying up the, the, the eastern seaboard, nor'easters, <laughs> summer storms, all those things. And so we got to kind of handle winter, even just, you know, heavy snowfalls cause outages, right? And so all those different things we have to think through and, and run different kinds of machine learning models to, to help with that. So big, big, big important way to think about the changing yeah. the weather business, basically. Do you so, have so Mike, Mike, I feel like I feel like we we put the cart ahead of the horse here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that that might be the right phrase? But so tell us about like where you came from, what your background is, where did you get this passion for meteorology? And then you know, I, I see yeah. here you also worked at the Severe uh, Severe Storms Lab. That's pretty freaking cool. So talk a little bit about that and like you know where you grew up and where this passion for weather really came from. Well, I grew up in Minnesota, uh, in St. Paul, uh, and uh, spent my first 19 years of my life there, two years at the University of Minnesota. And after that, I decided, one, I needed to get south. And, and two, <laughs> smart, <laughs> smart. Yeah. And two, I wanted to get to one of the better you know, university of, of, you know, schools of meteorology. And honestly, I, tried, I decided between Wisconsin and OU was my, my choices. And I chose OU mainly because it was south, honestly. And, uh, and I was a golfer, so I played golf at the University of Minnesota and came down to Oklahoma, and they're far better down here, and I, I couldn't play on the team here. But, you know, I got quickly embedded into the meteorology program, storm chasing, uh, got my bachelor's degree, got my master's, worked for another two and a half years at the National Severe Storms Laboratory as a graduate student, and uh, did a lot of cool things there, and they hired me on. And, you know, I, in total, as, as a student and as a, an employee, you know, I was there almost 18 years. And, uh, and you know, the kind of like the entrepreneur, I, I got an MBA about maybe seven years into that process or so. And uh, as wow. an entrepreneur stuck in the government, if you will, I, I was given a team of eight people and I turned it into 100 people. And we did, we did some really cool stuff for the, the next five program. Almost all the software for the all the algorithms, you know, the Skit and TBS and Hail and all those algorithms and precip came from the organization that I was running. Plus, it built these, a lot of the software for the Terminal Doppler Weather Radar Program for the FAA. So it was just a, a fun time. I also built this team. But in the end, I ended up having 100 people working for me. And I was a bureaucrat. And I was signing 100 paychecks every every two weeks. And <laughs> had to go find more money to keep them alive and all that. And, and I hit the top of my pay scale at the age of 34, right? So. You know, it was time. It was time to do something else, and that's when we, you know, me and four other guys spent about a year kind of planning and thinking through uh, the process of, of starting WDT and licensing technologies from the University of Oklahoma and from the National Severe Storms Laboratory to help us get started. And uh, you know, four, four guys in the garage. You know, we always say we kind of jumped off a cliff together and hope we build wings on the way down or, or build a parachute or whatever the. The saying is, and uh, you know, we survived, and uh, you know, right, we, we formed it right in 2000, right when the market just crashed and, and everything, and we, we hung on and uh, and made it, and uh, you know, we continue to grow over the years, and uh, after 18 years in that, uh, uh, you know, so it's 18 years for Storms Lab, 18 years in in, in uh, WDT, and we sold it to DTN, and that was about uh, 18 months ago, roughly, I think, something like that. Are you guys publicly traded? No, DTN is a uh, privately held company owned by a Swedish, uh, Swedish, Switzerland family, actually, family fund. And uh, uh, they were bought out from Schneider Electric about three years ago. But DTN is, has, has a long history of weather and agriculture, both um, over the years. If, if, you, if you're a farmer, you, and especially in the Midwest, you would have known the DTN as DTN you know, satellite on a lot of houses. And there's st we still have 25,000 customers that have a satellite delivered wow. weather and ag 
pricing information. Um, that obviously, it's slowly going down, but farmers just love to hold on to that satellite. We try to sell them internet stuff and everything else, but uh, they love their satellite dish and, and that monitor. So, you know, so egg and weather and then refined fuel. So we really help the downstream side of the energy business, which is basically delivering fuel to 7-Elevens and those kind of places. We help all the pricing and, and the logistics of, of that part of it. So, I, I got to ask this question, Mike. Uh, yeah. Do you have any of the uh, hail insurers as clients? There's a great story there, but absolutely. Um, so a long time ago, we built a one of the algorithms. You know, we, we licensed from the Sphere Storms Lab through the University of Oklahoma was the hail the hail algorithm as part of Nextrad, and we took that and did a lot more work with it and turned it into like this hail swaths um, on you know on the ground basically, and we sold that and turned that into about a two million two million dollar year business. It was one of our fastest growing things back in the uh, you know early mid mid two thousands basically. And we, through a process, we ended up partnering with Verisk and Verisk, you know, a big analytics insurance company now sells that product through their host solutions. And, and uh, so today we have, you know, we have bigger than a $2 million business and just selling hail information to, to roofers and insurance companies. We sell on both sides of the, of the game, basically. Wow. How do we get in on this? That's what I want to know. Hey, Mike, I want to go back and ask you, uh, so you're in Norman, Oklahoma, and you talked about obviously why you started there at the National Severe Storms Lab, but is there a strategic reason why you're still there now? Are you still working with National Weather Service and NOAA and... and NSSL and all those organizations that are down there in Norman is is there a benefit there or is it just that's where you've been living and you, you know it's, remotely it's, and I always say Norman is a, is a huge advantage to us in the marketplace because we we are here in a community of about 1200 people that work in the weather enterprise you know between the academic and private and public sector and the National Weather Center is here and so we're just part of that and so some of it is formal relationships with groups and licensing technologies. Uh, some of that is just sort of that uh, you rub, rub shoulders and talk to people. You can't do that in the COVID world, but uh, you talk to people and you get to know, you hire people, they hire people from us. And, you know, so there's just kind of this natural place. It's become, Norman's become really, I think Norman, Norman and Boulder are the two places in, in the world where there's kind of this weather conglomerate, if you will, um, that, uh, that lives. And so we think it's a huge, differentiator in the marketplace to be in Norman and we intend to stay here as part of DTM. How much of your background is meteorology versus like business? Cause you know, there's a lot of business there. There. So, you know, I got a master's degree in meteorology and you know, I've written something like 70 formal papers and publications well in my 18 years in the sphere storms laboratory. So I started there, but then I got an MBA um, in, in entrepreneurship and, and also, in the finance side of the, of the business. Uh, and uh, then it's just school of hard knocks, you know, 18 years uh, running a business is uh, you learn an awful lot, right? And sometimes because you make mistakes, sometimes you do good things. And, uh, but, you know, mostly you just persevere and you figure it out. But, uh, you know, it's been an exciting run, run to, to, you know, start a business, grow it, you know, to a hundred people. And then, and now we're running a, company, a business unit basically, which is very similar. Um, a much bigger size. And uh, so, yeah, you learn a lot on, the, on along the way, but an MBA really helped get, get me started that way for sure. Mike, what do you like more, the business side or the weather side or a little yes. bit of both? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you still storm chase? 
You know, I do, um, but it's, I, I always call it like gentleman storm chase. Uh, I've got two daughters that now are in college and, and a wife, and uh, we, we go out maybe three to five times every spring now. It's, it's definitely gentleman storm chase. You see it on the radar, you drive to it kind of thing. So if it's within two-hour drive, we, we go after it. You go on radar scope and drive to it. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> we got, I put my radar scope shirt on usually and, uh, and uh, have my radar scope. My two daughters are not in meteorology, but they both know how to use radar scope and one of them does the maps for me and one of them does radar scope and tells me where to go. And uh, it's become a kind of a fun family thing that we do every spring. And uh, we just have a blast with it. Are they, are they going to follow in your footsteps with meteorology degrees or? You know, I, I try to get them in golf. I try to get them in meteorology and I fail completely as a father. So, uh, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but one wants to be a doctor and one wants to be a lawyer. So they're doing okay. Those aren't bad professions. Yeah. yeah they'll they'll right. come in handy. We're all yeah. getting older. <laughs> All right. Before before we go to break, uh, talking about radar scope, you mentioned earlier that th there are some new things you've got on the horizon. I think you said in the spring. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you give us a little hint as to what well, you're I could, working on? I could, but I have on? to shoot you if I do. Um, <laughs> I'm in. Do uh, it. That's all right. I'll give you my address. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll continue to do uh, some uh, major upgrades in the mapping capabilities, and uh, I think that's the. We just did a big launch of a new new mapping capability that's much faster and has more information in it, and we're continuing to innovate in that space. I think that's one of the key things. And speed is always important. And you know, we're also adding radars. If you've seen the latest version, we have radars now in Germany and Australia and South Korea. And uh, you'll see now that we're a global weather company, you'll see radars from all over the world get in input to radar scope. So. You know, I think mapping and more radars and, and more locations and even just some more, you know, things like we just added, um, like SPC outlooks to the to the the app not recently. And so a little more content to go along with radar data. But we also don't want to turn it into like a model viewer or or other things either. We want to really stay true to our North Star, which is being the absolute best radar app out there in single site. And so that's how we look at it. And uh you know, it's 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 just a constant build, and you know, part of the effort is just to keep up with the constant changes that Apple. You know, we're on a lot of platforms. You know, we're on Microsoft, we're on Mac, we're on uh, iOS and Android. Obviously, we're on Apple TV. You know, so keeping up all of those screens basically is quite a bit of work too for a team of five. And uh, so a lot of us making it so sort of consistent across all five uh, of platforms that we're on. Yeah, we um, got we have a lot of uh, worldwide listeners that'll enjoy. Hearing that uh, there's going to be some more radar available. Oh, yeah. I'm looking right today. now. It looks like there's a storm over Kim Jong-un's place in North Korea right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, Greg, I got a question for you. Have you seen the lineup of Stormfront Freaks merchandise at Helicity.co? Me? Yes, you. <laughs> I, think, I think you're the only Greg on the show tonight. Well, I'm like, well, that question came from out of blue. You know what? Uh, um, no, Phil, tell me about okay. it. <laughs> God. I'll, I'll give you a heads up next time but we i'll tell you what we've got shirts mugs face masks and you also got to check out our new stickers uh just go to helicity.co and you can go to the brands tab and find all of your stormfront freaks favorites there but it is time for a quick break we'll be right back with mike and a chance to play our lightning round stay tuned
Welcome back to Tracker Chat with the Tornado Trackers. I am your host, Jeremy Heyman. I am joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. We're going to be talking about, uh, in particular, Chase Day Morning. I would love to just be able to pick y'all's brains on what is the morning of Chase Day like for each of you guys. What are some of the things you guys are looking at forecasting-wise? What are you double and triple checking is in the vehicle? Um, what kind of things are you guys looking at? I'll start with you, Jeff. Yeah, I, I think there's a few things and they probably cover a, a few different elements of chasing on the day of. Um, one of the things that I've learned and, and we've learned as a team is double check and, and triple check um, your cameras and your cards. Um, one of the, the things that stands out to me that still just kills me is when we were chasing uh, the Winniewood um, EF4, uh, we had multiple cameras going on, but the two that I think we we really wanted uh, to have running were our dash cam and our GoPro. And uh, our dash cam, we thought we had turned on, but it was on pause the entire time until the very, very end. And uh, and then our, our GoPro, I think the disc was full. So luckily we had other cameras going on, but um, I remember thinking at the end of that day, never again will there be a morning where we don't uh, repeatedly check that everything is ready to go. And, and that way you don't have to feel any anxiety or stress when the storms start to take off. Um, you can just concentrate on chasing and not be uh, running through all your camera gear to make sure uh, frantically that everything's okay. So that's honestly, for me, that's probably one of the primary things. Great. Yeah. So the focus on that gear and uh, getting cards and batteries, and we still definitely feel the pain of not having a couple of those cameras on Winniewood, but you kind of... It makes for a nice quiet ride home though. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Everyone's stewing in their regret. Well, thanks for that, Jeff. Gabe, what about you? What are some of the things that are kind of going on in your mind uh, in the 24 hours leading up to Chase Morning and then Chase Morning itself? So the night before, I like to have a, a good lock on where my target's going to be as as good as I can get the night before. Um, that way, I can wake up the next morning within several hours of my target. Because as we all know, we've all experienced this, it is a sickening feeling trying to catch up to an event that's unfolding because you started too far away. So the night before, I am checking uh, the NAM on the NAM 3K, and um, if it's within a uh, close enough range, the HER, and driving several hours um, in order to wake up uh, in, a, in a great position. Um, <clears throat> and then the morning of is a lot of second-guessing yourself and triple-checking your forecast um, against the Storm Prediction Center. We love the Storm Prediction Center, and we definitely use their uh, tornado outlines um, but that is not our gospel truth Um, several occasions where we have been outside of the higher risk zone based on how forecasts are evolving Um, and then the drive there you know we don't just check out when we're driving to our target it's it's constant updates Um, every hour a new her is uh, rolled out and we're checking it to see what the trends are going to be Um, And then, of course, the day of, you need all of your surface observations to see uh, what is actually happening with the weather. 
uh, and not what is forecast to happen. Um, it's important to know what is currently happening when you wake up because that is going to dictate whether or not you believe what the forecast models are saying because a lot of times they'll show stuff that's not even actually happening and that's when you know basically you can throw it out at that point because it's got a bad handle on the day. Yeah, I think that's something great to note that uh, information isn't always good. There can be something something wrong, kind of like a fly in the ointment. Some of the things I look at um, on chase morning, I'm pretty uh, pretty amateur in, in my chase morning routine. I'll often defer to uh, a member of my chasing team. So I, I highly recommend chasing with some trusted friends. But I, I'll start looking at roads and uh, kind of road availability um, highway systems. Um, am I headed towards something that has a great grid network? Uh, or am I heading to a place that has some geography uh, getting in the way that kind of splits up the road system? So those are the things I'm thinking about because I um, maybe it's kind of post-traumatic stress of <laughs> getting caught in bad <laughs> in bad road areas in the past, but uh, it's kind of a live and learn strategy that that I've definitely adopted myself. Uh, Well, this has been Tracker Chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I've been joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. We are the Tornado Trackers, and you can find us everywhere on social media uh, at Tornado Trackers, and our website is tornadotrackers.org. Thank you again for joining us on Tracker Chat, and we will see you next time. Welcome back, everybody. We've got DTN Senior Vice President of Weather, Mike Eilts, with us. And, and Mike, this is always, to me, a, a very interesting topic because one of my frustrations, <laughs> understanding how quickly businesses can make decisions and move and how slowly government entities make decisions <laughs> and move, uh, yet we are very reliant as a public on in in the weather's case the national weather service and warnings and watches and communication and and a lot of that stuff where their ability to change and and here's what's amazing so you were at the nssl and every time we talk to harold brooks or we talk to someone like that and we're, we're listening to what's coming out of the nssl and some of the new ideas they're all amazing, and they're all like, oh, that's going to be great, and can't wait for that, and how far out are we from that? And it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe two years, two to five years, three to five years. Right. It's like, whoa. And, and we're businesses, right? And, and so we've seen things where some weather businesses have started issuing their own warnings, right? And they've got a better and a more detailed way to identify maybe where a tornado could be and to where to warn and, and they're maybe just jumping ahead now and saying, we're going to do this and we're going to make these decisions and not wait till the National Weather Service maybe is able to get that out. Right. Where, where do you stand on that? Obviously, with, with your dual background, sure. uh, what's your thought on that? Where are we going? And do you think businesses in the future are maybe going to be able to start taking some of this communication to the public or warnings or whatever, whatever it might be, and, and maybe start doing more with it and, and be the center. 
So a great question. I, I mean, if you go back in way when we started WDT, one of our frustrations at working at the Sphere Storms Lab, we were doing all this great stuff and we figured it typically took seven years for the government to actually implement what we had developed there. And because they wouldn't take our code, they would recode it and do a bunch of other things, things that are really important for a very stable long-term solutions. But our, our, our core thesis was we could take those same technologies and operate and run them in real time right away, you know, within six months and, and, and go to market with those kind of things. And, that, and that's what we did. And, uh, and you know, I, I'd say today, I mean, the National Weather Service is a great organization. We consider them a big partner, a really, really positive relationship with them. However, you know, we do things we think much faster and we, we take technologies and ideas and, and, and move faster in the marketplace. You get directly to your question about warnings. How we look at it, we, we produce tornado warnings today for our customers. We produce we produce severe thunderstorm warnings. We produce warnings of 30 mile an hour winds and 60 mile an hour winds and 10 mile an hour winds for some clients that they can't be spraying, for example. So, but we don't do that for the consumer. We do not put out our own. We 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 draw the line at if you're a consumer or you know a prosumer, you, you get an app or whatever. We're not going. We are a communicator of the National Weather Service warnings at that point, and so. We're very clear about that in, in our marketing and how we how we portray ourselves. But if you're a business to business customer, if you're a utility or if you're even an outdoor concert or, or whatever, we will give you a tornado warning. We will give you whatever warning it is because we are focused on very site specific areas. We are focused on what are our customers needs? How do they need it? Do they need a phone call? Do they need a, a, a text message? Do they need a, an app messaging or whatever it is in in the so we think through that. We, we we're not, when, when it's a B2B business, you know, it's another business that we're selling to, we're focused on meeting their needs. And, and we will send them National Weather Service watches and warnings, but we also send our own warnings too. And, and sometimes those warnings are clarifying National Weather Service warnings. For example, there's a tornado warning for this area. And by the way, that tornado's passed you already. So we'll tell them that, um, those kinds of things. So it's, it's very much when you're when you got people on the other side of the phone or other side of an app or whatever, and they're making sometimes billion dollar decisions or the decisions of saving 80,000 lives or hundred thousand lives, it, we, we don't stop. We, we, we do the best we can for that client using the best technology we have, the best you know, risk communicators that we have. We're really focused on that and, and being very concise. And I, we came, we came away even with the hurricane Sally here. If uh, you know, for example, a, a little more junior person, they don't, if they just don't have confidence sometimes, having confidence in what you're doing and telling them helps those decision makers make decisions too. And so we really are focused on risk communication to our clients to really help them. We won't make any decisions for them, but we're going to help them make their decisions. So doesn't that ultimately get to the consumer though? I mean, isn't it, or do you have any, do you specify in the contract <laughs> with those businesses that once you take it from that point, we're out because it's still going to the consumer, correct? Um, I would say very few times is actually make it out to the masses. I mean, it might go to a few consumers or whatever, but typically it might go to 5,000 employees of, uh, of an oil company. For example, we have an oil company that has 5,000 people that use our app, for example. And so they will get those kinds of things. Uh, but from a you know just broadcast to the world, if you will, we don't do that. And, and none of our customers really do that either. It's more of an internal use or, or very specific use. And what, what about events? Like you talked about big events, and right? Right. Outdoor events. Well, 
typically what happens there is they will, I've seen them and they do things like show our alerts on a big, on a big screen. Um, some of them have apps that have then hit an API and get our alerts and, and tell them, you know, lightning's coming or, or, you know, for, for a, uh, outdoor festival, 40 mile an hour winds, they got to shut it down. Basically lightning within eight miles, they shut it down, all those kind of things. So we're more specific as to what they need. They, the consumers that are sitting in that stands might get a warning from us through some of their channel, not our channels, but their channels, mm. but they won't get it out in the, you know, out there driving down I-35 or some interstate or whatever. Sure. They're not going to get our, our, our warnings like that. Interesting. So you mentioned before about AI. Is this your own proprietary stuff or are you guys using like Watson or what do you guys do? Well, Watson is IBM and IBM's a competitor. So uh, no, we're not using Watson. Um, sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> Come uh, on, Naz. What the sorry. heck, man? No, we have our, we have a own data science team and we're, and we're, we're building our own, our own solutions that are, you know, from, you know, using, using tools and machine learning tools and other things, but we have a whole team of, PhD data scientists that are, are working on this and they're side by side with PhD meteorologists and, and building, we think really innovative uh, tools for, for our customers uh, that way. So it's, it's, you know, as the size of our company at this point, it's, it's really using our own people and our expertise that we have that we've built over the years and from many, many companies and, and when you pool a whole bunch of PhDs and a bunch of master's degrees and a whole bunch of software engineers and now a whole bunch of data scientists we're very excited about what that mix of people will do as we go forward in time, for sure. Have you named your AI? It's like Bob's AI or something. <laughs> I was going to call it Mike, but I, we haven't. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> your license plate says AI. Hey, hey yeah. Mike, let, let, let's uh, let's go back to weather for a second. Um, do you have a specific weather event in your in your memory bank, or like a moment in time that made you? focus on on weather like was there a thing that happened to you as a kid or you know as a young adult or something like that that made you get into the weather you know in a kind of a strange way you grow up in minnesota um, i was a boy scout and they had a boy scout weather merit badge and through that process i built my own rain gauge and i built some sort of fun no way and thing and and took measurements for a month or whatever two months and and that was a spark. It wasn't like severe weather or even though, you know, we have that in Minnesota and all that. And obviously winter is big there and, and all that. But that, that spark for me was to get the Boy Scout weather merit badge, believe it or not. <laughs> That's a great That's awesome. story. That's amazing. That is awesome. Girl Scouts sell cookies. Mike's selling rain gauges. I love 10 go. grand, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the entrepreneur side too. Right, right. right. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so, Mike, when are we going to be seeing you on Shark Tank? You going to be on Shark Tank anytime soon? <laughs> no, I, I don't have the hundred billion dollars those guys have or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I, I do actually really enjoy the working with small entrepreneurs. I, yeah. I talked to a group out of India this morning actually. Um, just there, there are five people in a garage, and I told them my story and what they were doing and. Mm. Uh, and I, I do invest in a couple small startup kind of companies that I think are outside of weather, honestly, because I don't want to be in the whole weather com competition yeah. space. But uh, I really enjoy the entrepreneur and helping entrepreneurs. I, I help some students here. They have a entrepreneur program. And so I've helped a couple of groups uh, formulate a business plan and all that as part mm -hmm. of the competitions kind of thing. So it's 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 a it's a passion of mine to, to help. Cool. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, hey, Mike, that, that's the sound. Uh, so 
Brady, off of what you just asked, Mike, uh, it is time for our lightning round. So, Mike, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions uh, that we always play with our guest. And so tonight we're going to play a game because of your entrepreneurship and business background. We're going to play a game called Deal or No Deal. But this is not the deal or no deal that you're used to. This is not the Howie Mandel pick a case that might have the $100,000 in it. No models? Yeah, uh, no, no, models. no models. Sorry, I'm as good as it's going to get tonight. Well, hold on, guys. Look at this you face. You have the Howie I mean, Mandel come on. It is I a podcast. Be a, I tried out to be The Bachelor, and they said I was this close. Uh, so, hold on. So, so this is going to be based off of Shark Tank, actually. Okay. So nice. interesting uh, segue, Brady. So what I'm going to do, uh, so Mike, you've got a role in this, and then Freaks, you have a role in this. Mike, your job is, so I'm going to give you a product. And all. And what you need to do is tell me, was an offer made on that product or not? No offer given. On, on the Shark Tank show, okay? Okay. Got it. And then the oh, freaks, once Mike has made his decision, and, and we'll, we'll pick it right or wrong, then freaks, it's your job to decide, was this a successful business or not? Was it, did it go out and make some good money or, or was it a failure? So these are products on the Shark Tank that were on Shark these Tank. These are actual products. Okay. Every single well, one of these was actually on the Shark Tank. Boy so, Scout Rain Gauge. Watch yeah. so every Mike, episode. <laughs> Mike, here's the first one. The first one is the Bed Jet. The Bed Jet, which was a bed heating and cooling fan. Was an offer made on this or not? I would guess yes. No, 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 no offer was made on that. There was no deal made on the bed jet. I'll answer uh, it then. But the no freaks, money was made. <laughs> so freaks, you don't, you don't think it was success? It, no, it's the called the window. Smart. The guy behind it was, yeah, it wasn't. It, no it, it was a success. So even what? though a deal wasn't yeah, made, yeah. <laughs> they made twenty-six million dollars in Shut four up. years since. No Gary. way. On this on this bed jet the that guy, blows the, hot or cold fan under your cover. Or, I will I say the guy the guy behind it was a NASA guy. So I mean there was a uh-huh. lot of brains behind it. Here we go, Mike. Same, wait, I could do the same thing with a burrito for half the price. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next one, Mike, is uh Toy Guru. Toy Guru. Uh it was basically it was a toy rent with option to buy online company. So you could rent toys and then you could choose if you liked it, you could keep it and buy it or you could return it. But you basically rented toys. Was a deal made on Toy Guru? You know, I, I saw that episode, but now I can't remember what happened. Um, it sounds like a good services model that they might actually like. So I'll say yes. Uh, and that's correct. Wow. They did oh. make a deal with Toy Guru. Freaks? Not successful. Not successful. No, I don't think it was successful. No. Uh, and it was not successful either. Okay. No, there was some big fallout with Robert. Whoever. Definitely bought that. Robert. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Back to you. Tycoon Real Estate. This was a crowdfunding real estate service. So it was crowdfunding. Oh my God. Everybody could go in together to buy a office building or something and get involved in real estate without having to put. It's like a mutual real estate mutual, mutual fund, fund sort right. of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, uh, was a deal made or not? I don't think so. Correct. No deal was made. Everybody passed no. up on that. Uh, was it a success? No way. Like, Sounds like a personal. real estate investment. The, the trust. sharks got personal against these guys. So I don't think. I don't yeah. Think no so. deal was. It was not successful. Either. <laughs> they hated this product so much. All right, we're going back to you, Mike. We're we're going to look at wicked good cupcakes. 
Uh, these were gourmet cupcakes in a jar. Uh, was a deal made or not? Oh, yeah. I would think so, yes. Uh, and and uh, you actually would be correct on that. Yeah. A deal was made. And, gentlemen, uh, was it successful or not? I you know how I know it's successful? Because I literally have bought it every single Christmas for five years in a row. So, yes, yeah. for sure. Papa Brady here. So it was a success. What, yeah, Papa Brady. So what flavor? $14 million in sales uh, just a couple of years after airing on the show. Wow. They the did well. Box? Hey, are they the guys that have the uh, cupcake vending machines as well? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, man. that's a good idea, though. Hey, Mike, <laughs> uh, the Squatty Potty. This was a toilet stool designed for easier bowel movements. Was a deal made on the Squatty Potty? I saw that episode. I don't think so. Uh, there was. Someone made yeah. a deal on it. Uh, was bucks. it successful, gentlemen? Oh, it was bucks. like 100 million, 100 million plus. Yeah, 24. Yeah, sure. Listen to this. 24 hours after airing, they had a million dollars in sales. Oh my goodness. We had 33 won. million just a few years. We do. <laughs> what is we a squatty do. potty? Somebody, somebody explain this. What is a squatty potty? Phil, Mass. demonstrate for me. What, what so, so, demonstrate. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Talk to us about it. Mass. Basically, I've not used it, but it's in one of our bathrooms. And uh, basically, <laughs> it's like a little stool that you put your feet on, which kind of gives you. Uh, you're 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 kind of okay. crunched up a little bit, but it really helps. Matt, so your homework gives you a, me a mechanical advantage. Next episode is is to yeah. try it out and let us know if it works. Yeah. I'm okay, good. Mike. Good already, let's right. let's keep moving, Mike. We have the Rocket Book. The Rocket Book is a reusable paper notebook that erases when microwaved. Uh, was a deal made on the Rocket Book or not? Ooh, I think not. Yeah, there was no deal made on the rocket book. Gentlemen, was it successful? Sounds no. like a fire hazard. No. I don't know. No, what? it was successful. I they sold one. listen, they sold five hundred thousand of these things and ten million dollars in two years after airing. MJ, have, you say you have, have one, one, tell us about one. one. It's you, you put it's a it's a book. You write on you use a uh, I think it's a special pen. I'm not sure, but you you use that. Then if he doesn't you doesn't know he doesn't use it. <laughs> well, I have I have Invisible used it, but I, I just don't know if the pen is something I, I've never bought another one or used a different pen on it. I've used only the one that came with it. Um because I got it at a conference or whatever, uh as a handout. But anyway, <laughs> you anyway, you write on it, right? And then you put it in the microwave with a cup of water and it erases it. And it's kind of wait which which here was the thing i read that people were like that's not going to be successful because no one's going to buy another one <laughs> yeah. and, and they might not have maybe it was a one-hit wonder who knows it's but, not perfect what happens but if you microwave it too long does it like catch on fire or like is it all right burning? well welcome to stormfront freaks where we it. talk about notebooks <laughs> and how they erase all right so <laughs> we'll keep the game show going mike we got two more i'm going to do two more uh the next one is sweet balls Oh gosh! Uh -oh. Sweet balls, which is a cake ball company. Can they make cake balls? Oh, but they call it sweet balls. Yeah, uh, was a deal made? Uh, yes, I think it was. There was a deal made on sweet balls, gentlemen. Was it successful? I think probably. So. Every single food product. Oh, it was not. No, it was, not, no, it really? was sweet balls. Was not successful. That was what? not a go. Was so good. All right, the last one, Mike. Uh, the Gato oh, Cafe. Uh, patron pays an admission fee. To sip coffee with rescue cats, and if they like one, they can adopt it. Yes. What? Brady's done this. Got a was, hairball. It was a deal made. <laughs> on... I saw that show. I remember. I think somebody did actually do that. 
That's incorrect. No, no one made a deal. Was it successful, gentlemen? God, I hope no. not. It was successful for me. So that's oh, no, all it was no. not successful either. Oh, come on. There's cat cafes everywhere. That's bull crap. There's food in my coffee. Okay, well, hey, great job, Mike. Uh, you did outstanding. The freaks did uh, kind of so-so on that. But uh, let us know, how can our listeners find you on social media? Where can they track um, At IELTS on Stop Twitter. Uh, that, that's the easiest way. And then just look for, search for uh, michael.ielts uh, on, on LinkedIn. That's the best way to find And me. how do you spell that? E-I-L-T-S. There you go. Thank you. All right, well, I think it's time for our final break. We're going to be right back with hashtag weatherfools. And our, it's going to be a strong PG-13 tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Put on the Man. kids' earmuffs. But Weather Trollbot 5000 is coming back as well. So stay tuned. You're listening to Emmy Award winning Jeff Petrosky on the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back. That's the who again? A band that I love and that I don't know at the same time. Guys, it's time for hashtag weatherfuls. Everyone's favorite part of the show. I always say that, although we have Trollbot coming up, so it's going to be competing with Trollbot for the favorite part of the show here. So, what is Weatherfuls for those that it's your first time listening or you just haven't really paid attention to the podcast before? So, Weatherfuls is us as the freaks. We're going on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever we can find a video or just an article of someone that did something not so smart or just downright stupid when it comes to weather. Phil, I hear you have two weather fools this week. Always an overachiever. Phil, let's go to you. Uh, I, I do, I do. So the first one, this is uh, everything's in Spanish, so I don't know where it's from. It doesn't say where exactly it's from. Uh, but it is a truck in a flood. And if you see this pickup truck, it's approaching the flood. And then it's deciding if it should cross that moving Oh, river, God. basically. Oh, the, the no. other the other street is just moving, and you can tell he's thinking about it. Don't do it. <laughs> he's he's like, thinking ah, about it. Oh, and he goes. I think and of we course, can do it. He goes right into it, and there goes his chair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and his wife right now is going, I told you. Oh, he's starting to float away too. Look at that. Oh, oh my man. And away he goes. Well, here, here's the fun part. Here's part two. Oh, okay. And of course, the two guys that were in the truck, they, they came out of the truck with a cooler and a beer oh, in their beer. hand. <laughs> and wow. they're just now hanging out uh, by that flowing river by their truck. Like, it wasn't oh. their truck. So they're like, oh, yeah, it was. There it is. There's oh, the truck. Man. oh, my God. Part of, me, part of me thinks like they were drinking those beers before they got into the truck, and now they're just continuing. Yeah, that didn't help them make a good decision there. All right. Uh, number two, you will appreciate this, Greg. Uh, this comes from Twitter, and actually, uh, the initial part of it was from uh, a great storm chaser, storm photographer oh, wow. up in Canada. Nuke NATO. Uh, how do I how do I get this bigger? I can't. Anyway, anyway, she she she. Uh, it's Michela, uh, and I I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Owasiuk. 
Awasiak, thank you. So she she had this great shot of a, a tornado. She said, hey, here's my view from Scarth, Manitoba. It crossed the road 800 meters away from us. Well, some moron, Danny Hensley, at D. Hensley Chicago says, why can't you just use measurement in feet? Oh, Nobody knows God. what meters are. <laughs> and, of course, every comment from there on out had something to do with, you know, you know the United States is about the only country that uses the You know the best system. part of that story, though, Phil? God. She gave birth to a baby like two days later after taking those I think I heard something pictures. about yeah, that. Yeah, oh, that was great. So just stupid people. Oops. Wow. That, that's wow. maybe not as much a weather fool as a metric fool, but <laughs> could go either metric way. fool. What a maroon. <laughs> maroon, yeah. Oh, that, Phil, those were pretty good, man. Those are pretty good. Those are going to be a tough to top. Greg or Greggles, as he's going by on today's podcast. Greg, what is your, who is your weather fool this week? <laughs> well, oh, sticking my. with the uh, theme of, uh, uh, you know, God bless America. <laughs> we got a guy, uh, Hurricane <laughs> Sally in Pensacola, Florida, and he's out on a dock, which is basically at water level at this stage. And Looks like there's probably about 60 or 80 mile an hour winds. And he's got the American flag on a, looks like it's on a shovel. And uh, <laughs> he's got a beer in one hand and his American flag shirt. And and I wish you could hear it. It's a TikTok video, but uh, he's TikToking. Uh, it's, it's one of those uh, country songs about, you know, God bless America. Anyway, it's, uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, <laughs> Is that a Schroeder piano next to him? What was yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Now, my second one is uh, also from Hurricane Sally. <laughs> and uh, this is a, uh, a traffic camera uh, that, you know, when, when listen, when everyone evacuates, uh, when, a, when a hurricane's about to approach, it gives some people the opportunity to do, do donuts in the intersection. So there's a guy here in a Corvette, <laughs> and he's, he's doing donuts. <laughs> Uh, in an intersection because there's no traffic around. And I just thought, you know, maybe you're not taking this whole hurricane thing seriously. <laughs> so those are my two. That's Man. Good. Well, That's hopefully good. U-turns are legal in his state or else that was very <laughs> illegal what he just yeah, did. No He's on camera you know, now too. TikTok has to, has to have a plethora of weather fools. Oh, they've got on, I would imagine. I don't, I don't, have an account. I have to get my 13 year old yeah, daughter either. to show me TikTok though. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow, Greg. That was those are pretty awesome, man. Oop, sorry. Those are pretty awesome, man. Uh sorry, my mic fell over there. A little bit too much summer pills, if you know yes. what I mean. MJ, let's uh kick it over to you, man. I hear All you right. two weather fools as well. I've got a couple. They were uh, uh listener con uh, contributions. We get Jay is painting uh shared us this one, and of course it's the whole flooding thing. And it's the turnaround, don't drown as you see the car in the middle. But you know, one of the things here, you know, the fool for driving in there. Um, and they're sitting on top of the car and they had to be rescued. So, you know, they're not just putting themselves in danger, but they're putting other Everybody. people in danger too. And, you know, that's just not right. Um, mm. And and then the second one, this you got to see. Uh, this was uh, uh, shared with us by Matt uh, Miziorko at Snarky EM. And I'll start this up. This is a bus. Look at the no. cars floating. Oh, no. There's cars floating. And this is a bus oh, driving no. through a huge flooded intersection. But is look at the cars. the cars. Look at the cars bobbing. In the, oh, in no. The, wow. 
Yeah. Well, they made it through. They made it through. A public but, bus. Uh, yeah, but a public bus driving through You're where fired. it shouldn't be. Well, yeah, not they only got- that, not only they're risking the bus, but they're risking their job. I mean, if that oh, yeah. bus goes under, they're yeah. done. Yeah. There's no way. Wow. Brady, the bus has to make it on time, though. Come on, man. <laughs> All about schedules. You know what? Good point. That's a good point, Greg. I'm sorry. I would be so pissed off if I was on that bus and then the guy stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you pull the button. You, I got to get out here. <laughs> That's pretty good, MJ. Those are pretty good, man. Uh, so, Maz, for our last weather fool this week, I hear you've got a good one. Yeah, this is one you actually will have to wait and go to in our show notes because it's a comedian, Ron White, talking about for about a minute and a half about when I think it was Hurricane George hit the Keys and a guy decided to tie himself to a tree to withstand Category 3 winds. Makes sense. It's it's funny to hear, so we'll put it in the show notes for that, but I can't really show it right now, okay? Awesome. You know what? That's something I've always wanted to do, but never had the balls to do it. So good for him. You wouldn't good after either. So yeah. we don't envy him, but good for him, man. All right. Well, that's it for uh, Weather Fools. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to see the links or the videos or Maz's incredible comedian video, check out uh, our 114 show notes on stormfrontfreaks.com or on your favorite podcast app. Got them there as well. All right, Phil, let's kick and, it over to you, man. And that would be episode 114, right? It would. That would be episode <laughs> Okay, just, just double check. It went zip when it moved, bop when it stopped, Brrr, when it stood still. I never knew just what it was, and I guess I never will. All right, that means it's time for Weather it's... Trollbot 5000. <laughs> Is that what that song means? I don't know. <laughs> Not, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Not <laughs> anymore. I remember that uh, song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't. So so that one won't be played again. But, uh, hey, this is the time I will warn everybody in advance, especially if you're watching Stormfront Freaks Raw, because it will be unedited. Uh, This will be the time to put earmuffs on the kids. This is a strong PG-13. But if you are listening to the podcast, we'll... Uh, we hope to catch everything and, and edit the stuff out. But Weather Trollbot 5000, if you don't know, we found her at a garage sale. Uh, we've kind of reconditioned her a little bit. She's this kind of beat up robot. And what we've decided to do was uh, check out on social media all the trolls that are out there trolling our weather friends and, and looking at the responses that our weather friends are providing on social media. But we wanted to interpret that. So we now take that information, we plug it into Weather Trollbot 5000, and she spits out what our weather friend was really thinking when they type that social media reply to that troll. So it's always interesting. Uh, you never know what it's going to be. Uh, but we're going to start That's off sure. first, uh, <laughs> of course, with uh, every, I think every trollbot has Ginger Z. Uh, and, and she just. I think Absolutely. every time she she continues to share politely share her trolls with us. That's a good. Uh, it's sad she gets all these, but she yeah. does share. So this was on Twitter, and someone was re, uh, she was responding to an angry, uh, either parent or angry teacher, for being late to a class Zoom meeting due to Hurricane Sally. So this was just recently, oh. and wow. and so the individual was, and here's the email even. Nelson Tim Nelson at gmail.com. 
That, that's their Twitter handle. And they said, wow, thank you so much for keeping my daughter and her classmates waiting 50 minutes after three reschedules by you. Everyone loved the plug for your new books we should buy. And OMG, you answered nearly four questions. You are a generous soul. Wow. 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 Anyway, so and Ginger, Ginger, of course, classy as always, uh, said, I told this class I could do a talk with their students. I couldn't get service to join them this morning because my hit's in a hurricane. And hurricane was caps. <laughs> I'm happy to do more at a later date. I can't control what is happening in a hurricane. Please don't send me nasty notes like this as if I don't care. I also only rescheduled twice because I've been in three disasters in the last four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry the service wasn't working during this one. I never once said they should buy my book either. Thankfully, they left their email address as their handle before deleting hashtag, uh, emoji smile face. <laughs> so very classy response. But so here's what we do. Very we got to take classy. all that information and we got to plug it into uh, Weather Trollbot to find out really what Ginger was thinking this whole time. <laughs> all right. And then what Trollbot does, she spits it out and here's what we got. Here is what Ginger was really thinking. Holy shit, did you not see there is a hurricane? I know it may be sunny and happy where you are, but here it's windy. Wet and the phones don't work. I care more than you know, so can't wait for the wrath of my fans to bend you over and show you the 50 states. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. What does that even mean? Ooh, Weather Jones wasn't even showing the 50 at states. 50 states. Oh That's God. funny. Bend over title. and show me the 50. I'm going to wow. use that. Okay. Uh, all right. Next one comes from chief meteorologist Kelsey McEwen of CTV in Calgary. Uh, this was on Twitter. And, and Kelsey scratched the name out uh, when she showed this, but it said, Hi, honey. Did I miss your announcement of baby number three? Oh. <laughs> and, and Kelsey says, No, you didn't. Now's the perfect time to announce I am super bloated thanks to late night snacks and the arrival of my period. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I get this that. question. <laughs> yeah. She said, honestly, I get this question every month. Weird to share? No. I think we need to normalize that bodies change. They stretch, bloat, grow, and evolve. Here, here. There you go. Wow. That's a pretty good answer. Too. All right, so we gotta, we're going to put Kelsey's info. Into weather troll bot. Mm. We're gonna find out what Kelsey was really thinking when she replied. And baby, uh, it takes a while. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing with weather troll bot. She kicks out this little tape. You know, it's the tape with the dots and the punches in it. <laughs> right, right. And right, then you're, you're right. trying Luckily to interpret, you read Braille. Here is what Kelsey was really thinking. Yeah. You missed my announcement that I'm bloated and Aunt Flo is in town. Seriously, when the jungle did it become important that if our bodies change, we need to keep you informed? Every month, I guess. <laughs> okay. Oh, Kelsey was. I bet she's Kelsey a hoot. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Kelsey was feeling it. All right, so uh, we we always we got to have equal representation. So here's Chief Meteorologist Mike Collier 
with KJRH TV in Tulsa. This was on Facebook. After forecasting the recent snowfall that happened in the plains in Colorado in the plains. Uh, so this was while that was being forecasted. Jeremy Frazier said, based on the forecast lately, I'll believe it when I see it. And Mike said, thanks, buddy. Love the positivity. God bless. Jeez. <laughs> Nicely done. So, uh, we're going to find out what he was really thinking. That was a pretty short response. Uh, but we're going to find out what was really going on. Here is what Mike was really thinking. What a f- knuckle. <laughs> what a f- knuckle. There you go. Nice and short. That is nice and succinct. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Trollbot, but she was on fire tonight. So. She was. <laughs> we oh, we're not done. We we oh, there's and, more. And we can't use that as our show title. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Chief. All right. Here we got Chief. A bunch of chiefs. Uh, Chief oh. Meteorologist Mandy Bailey at KTEN TV. This is in Denison, Texas, and Ada, Oklahoma. Uh, this was on Twitter. Judy Pridey. I love. We're going to use their names. If, you, if yes. you're going to jump yeah. on and use it, we'll use beep, it. Beep, beep, meow. Judy said, hi, Mandy. I watch your weather report every day. Just one little suggestion. Those hair extensions have to go. They are so obvious. Keep the good work up with the best in Texoma land. Whoa. So oh she did the God. sandwich. Backhanded. Kind of yeah. Bang. She sandwiched. She, she did the criticism there, between the two oh, right? people. Well, here's what Mandy came back and said. I don't have hair extensions. The hair you see on TV is all grown straight from my scalp. Thanks for watching. <laughs> That's very, very nice. Uh, yeah, people. so we're, we're going to type that in. I can type pretty fast. I did like 60 words a minute in high school. I did pretty good. Pretty abysmal. All right, here's what she was thinking. Here is what Mandy was really thinking. My hair extensions are obvious. Apparently not Judy, because they are real. So, thanks for watching. But can I trade you in for a viewer that's less condescending? Keep up the good suggestions. Wink emoji. <laughs> and we got one more we got one oh more God. we're not done uh none other than james span uh, uh oh, recently on twitter who's trolling james span i know it's 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 the world james going put to hell a hit in a handbag yeah uh, and so here here was here's what james was responding to it's a deluge of trolls on the day that hurricane sally made landfall so he must have just been getting Tons of crap because oh, he yeah. just posted on Twitter. He didn't even reply to anybody. This is just a flat out post. He said, Dear Twitterverse, after no sleep and countless hours of multitasking over the past few days, I am not in the mood for trolls, haters, know it alls, or right wing or left wing political loons. We'll be blocking first, answering questions later. Thanks, your pal James. Well, that's pretty much everybody. Really. <laughs> all right. So that was very again. All of our weather fans have pretty professional responses, would you say? And we're gonna find out what he was really thinking. Here is what James was really thinking today. No stains allowed on my social media. Don't have the energy to give a. Block your ass. Block his ass. 
and a block for her, and a whole bag of blocks sitting right here. <laughs> he's just gonna. <laughs> that's all. He's, he's just a block Hello. everybody. Oh, I didn't. Even, I didn't even want to tag him on anything, just for fear of, oh. of him blocking me. Probably. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so that uh, thanks, Weather Trollbot. We're gonna throw her back in the garage for a little while. Bravo. Uh, Bravo. Very nice. We'll bring her out again, but uh, I do think it's time. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. The Freak Fan Box, MJ. All right. Uh, we got one. We had a lot of them last uh, last episode. We got uh, one tonight. Uh, Steve Collier, our friend, uh, says, what another great episode, guys. Thank you again. Made part of my drive out to New Mexico better. P.S. Poor Mr. Cantori. I feel bad. But at the same time, I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. So thank you, Steve. That, and, and if you missed it, yeah. uh, that was our the episode with the inaugural Potty Mouth Potty Forecast mouth, yep. Correct. with Jim Cantori. So when, when oh, we're done with yeah. the show, Greg, I'll play that for you. You can right. yeah. pretty awesome. we did. All right. Uh, thanks, MJ. Uh, and that was our one friend, Steve. Uh, the, <laughs> so, that's, that's Steve. so I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. And before I announce our next guest, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe to or follow the show so you get notified and receive the latest episodes delivered right to your podcast player the moment it gets released. Uh, you can also send us your comments your hashtag weather fools, your troll bot, uh, whatever. Uh, you can send it to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or, of course, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Stormfront Freaks and you'll find us there. Unless uh, we're blocked, right? Unless we're blocked. Unless yeah, we're that could yeah, be okay. possible. Yeah. Special thanks tonight to our guest, Mike Iles. Uh, yeah. 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 Fun what's going on. Yeah. That was awesome. In our next episode, we're going to be recording live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter on Thursday, October 1st, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We get to talk with the National Weather Service Ready Weather Nation Preparedness and Resilience Program Lead, Doug Hildebrandt. That's a hell of a, That's a, a title. title. Business card, yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to get the chance to talk to Doug. Uh, but I think for MJ... And Maz and Brady and Greg, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch you guys next time. So good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.